1: Get ready to take some notes because we're going to jump right into it here.
0: Right, everyone. What is going on? It's Dave Mormon. I'm here with my buddy who I've been wanting to meet for some time. This is Dominic Rabino. Dominic, how are we doing today, my man? Fantastic. Great to be with you. I love it, man. We're going to get into everybody, uh, the listeners on the podcast, those of you live on YouTube. We're going to get into talking all about uh, contracting today and specifically uh, profit margins and what that looks like. Because what I've seen, Dom, is a lot of contractors stay busy and they don't know how to make money. You have decades of experience in this industry you've coached a ton of people so like i feel like we just have your ear on the hot seat for today if that's cool with you let's do it yeah let's do it so let's get in man uh if listeners don't know who you are i guess guys i'll throw it out right away um you know if you're a podcast kind of guy like me you're always looking for other great podcasts hit up doms it's called profit tool belt profit tool belt Go check that out. Spotify, Apple Podcasts—you can check out his stuff. But, Dom, tell us who you are as it pertains to home services. Even man, you mentioned the word "student painting company" and that kind I of. Know. T- take yeah. it
1: away, man. How did you get into this crazy industry? So I, you know, it's funny you say that. I got my start in home services, just like you did. Yeah, um, I was a student painter in college, university. And then I, I had, after I shut that down because, you know, finished college, I had my another painting company, which I was joking with you, it was called Ladder Man. Yeah. Um, but you know how I actually started before painting? I had a Christmas light installation company.
0: Okay.
1: And uh, I mean, I think that's overstating it. I had a Toyota pickup truck and my dad's ladder Yeah. and I'm old, right? Like <laughs> I'm old. The, the, the pickup truck, you have to think about uh, Back to the Future, you yep. know, the, the Toyota pickup truck with a roll bar that came with it. That was my pickup. Uh, and I just took my dad's ladder, drove to a nicer neighborhood than the one I lived in and started knocking on doors doing Christmas lights. And so I realized when I did that, because I, I did not do a great job, I was working really hard, making no money in the rain, staple gun and lines of electric lights. Wow. Um, and so that's why I joined the student painters, because I needed to learn their systems. And I've really been on a path of learning systems ever since then.
0: Yeah. That's something we share, man. You're a big systems guy listening to your podcast and your trainings, and I'm sure we can chat about that. Um, so that would have been Christmas lights. Like the clients are just leaving their own lights up, or were you like supplying the Christmas lights? How, how like, just paint a picture? how that looked like?
1: I can, can I, can I do this since you yeah. said we're on YouTube? Can I show you something? Let's do it. We're, Give me one sec. Okay. Absolutely. This is crazy. We're going to get a, a
0: show and tell here, everybody. Okay, so, so my wife had this here?
1: framed for me. Can you see that ad? And that's so cool. That, that is it. like hardcore, legit. The
0: Yo-Ho-Ho Light Co. We'll take care of all your outdoor Christmas light needs. Call us for an appointment. Man, I love that you still have that. We're going my back. found it. And
1: my, my parents, you know, when I moved out, my parents didn't touch my bedroom, right? Turned into a shrine. Yeah. And so my, my wife, we're Italian. That's what you do. Yeah. Um, So my wife grabbed it and she's like, I'm going to make this into a poster. So she had it framed and everything. And that's so old. The phone number just, it was just the phone number. There was no prefix in front of it. That's how long ago. 86. Wow. 1986 is when I first started. Okay, man, that is a,
0: that is a keepsake and how far you've come from those, those humble days. But I like your story because you started in a humble way as I did, man, you're getting flyers printed. You didn't get you know, a huge cash injection from your parents or uncles. So like
1: no it seems like a pretty humble start. yeah. and if you don't mind me extending on that, I've now built and sold two multinational companies, and I've never had outside financing other than a credit card and a very patient wife. Wow, amazing. <laughs> so you're
0: of the side you can one hundred percent scale up a business and you don't need
1: outside Silicon Valley investor type of money. no. The one thing where I do invest, and this is going to sound like you'd expect me to say it, is I do invest in coaches or mentors or courses or books or audio. Mm-hmm. I'll, I eat that like like it's a buffet as much yep. as I can. But yep. I I don't go for outside investment. I never have. You know, yep. one of the companies I started from zero, and I uh, I built it up to 120 million US before I sold it. Wow. And then I so- when I sold that company, I bought another business. And I'm still being paid out on the sale of that, so I can't say the number. Mm-hmm. But uh, when I bought it, it had six franchise units, okay. and when I sold it, I had 237 around the world. No way!
0: Can you go into what industries those were in, or how much details can you share? Oh, that oh, amazing. absolutely,
1: yeah. yeah so the, a bit about it. Yeah, so the first company was a mail order pharmacy. Mm-hmm. Um, it started out. I was selling used junk on eBay, and my shop was on a place that you know, 200th Street. Yep. Willowbrook Mall area. Yeah, yeah. If you know Willow, if you know uh, right across from Willowbrook Mall, there was a Wendy's. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That Wendy's and I competed for employees. Okay. Because I had a sign out front, and they were two the not even two blocks down, two two buildings down. Okay. Um, but I, I started by selling used junk, and then I I moved into selling used books, and then from there I moved into uh mail order medicine, mail order pharmaceuticals. Mm-hmm and sold that business. And then you're, you're probably thinking, okay, hold on. I thought you were a contractor expert. I am, but what I had to learn was how to be a business person who just happened to be a contractor. And I was able to make that shift. And now it, it, at that point already, it didn't matter to me what the company was, as long as the fundamentals were there. Yeah. Get the right customers, serve them, keep, keep your promises, build a great team and uh, sell it.
0: (laughs) So it's almost like you started in home services, you went in the pharmaceutical, and then then what was the franchise? Was that in home services?
1: <clears throat> no. So the franchise was um, as a result of being a business coach. So the reason I knew how to transition from being a, a contractor to running a pharmacy is because I started taking a lot of courses, and then I found myself a business coach. I started taking mm-hmm. business coaching courses, mm-hmm. specifically my specialty is on how to turn around a company while it's still running. Nice. So keep all the plate, keep pieces intact, but ramp everything up. So I just applied all of those same tools that you talk about on your show. I talk about on my show on how to leverage that company. Very simple fundamentals, Mm -hmm. which as you know, Dave, the hardest part is keeping it simple. Yeah, Let's just keep it simple. Overcomplicating it is dead easy, easy. Simplifying is hard. And so that's what I got good at. So then anyways, when I sold that one, then I bought um the, the franchise. I actually was the global master franchisor um and I, I was the brand or my brand partner was Brian Tracy, who's an author.
0: Wow. No, uh, I just read his book. It's so yeah, cool. which one? Uh Ben, one on I forget it. It was called uh Start Now or something or Start. Oh, okay. I've right yeah. read a couple of them, but oh god. It's got books. Were, yeah, yeah, it's crazy to keep up on, but yeah. when I started my, um, you know, kind of path into learning and entrepreneurship, I brought three books with me to Hawaii. And one was Brian Tracy's on goal setting. And that was like, oh, so good. Bulb, like, yeah. just like amazing.
1: So he was in with you on that. Very. Yeah. Cool. So he had started. So he wrote a book called focal point, which a lot of people have probably read. His most popular one is eat that frog, which is right. about procrastination, time management. And then I would say in order of other, you know, importance is the psychology of selling and the psychology of achievement. Okay. But he wrote a book called Focal Point and he wanted to franchise the content and the system. So I bought that franchise from him because he was busy speaking on stage Sure, and he had six franchisees and wow. then I built it up to 237 franchise units around the world and then I sold it.
0: So are you on the rocket fuel test? We got visionary integrator. I'm very curious. Are you one of those chameleons in the 5% that are both or which one do you more lean towards when it comes to like visionary or because I almost thought coming on the show, you're visionary. And now I'm like, man, if you blew up franchisees, you almost seems like integrator. Like I'm kind of, I'm
1: both. Yeah. I, 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 I'm, you know, I have to thank you because I've never heard of that assessment of uh, moving between visionary and implementer. I am very good as a visionary I'm pretty good as an implementer but I also understand as a visionary I got to hire the right people so building the right team this Mm -hmm. and this goes right back if you're a power washer with one person on your crew Mm -hmm. that person still got to be pretty good yeah and then when you add a second person that's going to test you know you and the other two people but I learned this from one of my clients my people are my tools wow Right. Yeah. I have to get the right people in place and understand that my people are my tools, not disrespectfully, but as a way for us to support each other. My mm-hmm. job is to go out and find more work. Your mm-hmm. job is to produce the work. Our job is to make sure the customer is happy mm-hmm. and then you get paid. I get paid and we march on to the next job.
0: Man, it's so good. There's so many things I want to talk about, man. Let's dive in. <laughs> I want to start. Let's talk about okay. money first, because um, a lot of us are really good at staying busy, but we struggle to make profit. And so that's one thing I wanted to start off with. It's a pet peeve of mine, especially in the low barrier to entry industries, the landscaping, the power washing, the painting. Yeah, you get it. It's really a homeowner getting other quotes is just get a homeowner getting uh, compiling underbid estimates. And then the guy who knows his number, the girl who knows their numbers, their price looks way out of line. So can you talk us through yeah pricing and just it's almost an epidemic i think in the industry of of small guys staying busy and stressed but
1: not staying profitable yeah so if you are getting a lot of pushback on your pricing you have a marketing problem hmm. so and I, I said that full confidence remember it's about simplicity hmm. so anybody who's listening going but i you don't understand the customers i have you know they all complain about price they all get three quotes okay good i agree with you hmm. go find better customers Go find a better neighborhood who is busy, doesn't have the equipment, doesn't want to shop you, doesn't have the time to shop you and trusts you. Now you and I have to do the things that build that trust, right? Wear a nice uniform, show up on time, be polite and courteous, you know, have a, you don't have to have the newest truck in the world or van, but it's got to look good. Yeah. And they're probably not going to go get a second or third price, even though they threaten it. Sure. Right. So if you are getting a lot of pricing pushback, It's not the customer's fault; they're just being them. My responsibility, my fault. Go find a better customer.
0: Yeah, enough of good. That's so good. Like I tell a lot of our guys we work with, man, you want a seven-figure business, you need a thousand clients that pay you a thousand dollars per year, and you've got it. And so,
1: yeah,
0: we really at my business is like, look, if they're not fitting in our hopper or our umbrella. We're not going to grind down to the bottom and have, you know, poor paying customers. Cause that just like the price you get is really like the whole foundation you build your business on. And I think there's a lot of people that they confuse, like staying busy with
1: running like a solid sound business. That's a, you're A hundred percent. Right. Yeah. Being busy is not being profitable. Now yeah. there's a fine line and there's a lot of pain in there for the business owner, but f- mm-hmm. the reward is figuring it out. Mm-hmm you know, figuring it out is code word for very profitable. Yeah. Right.
0: I'm curious, the guys you work with, the contractors who come in and like change up their pricing and realize they've been charging too little. Like, what does that process kind of look like? Because I'm sure you've Mm. seen deer in the headlights of someone doing $50,000 a month. Amazing, but $50,000 a month, sometimes more in expenses. It's a very like sad yeah realization in the moment but the long term it's probably
1: the necessary pain to, to go through yeah i mean you have to go through the pain to get there and congrats you know as you said congrats for hitting 50 grand a month because out of nothing you mm-hmm. found $50,000 right so we should all imagine this for a second imagine you're standing there in a field yeah. and above you are these rivers of money flowing past you really fast and when you start the business none of those rivers are diverting down to you mm-hmm. but through your efforts through your smarts through your dedication and probably let's be real, the insane work ethic. Yeah. You've now built a diversion funnel, 50,000 a month is coming to you. That's a big deal. Mm-hmm. Most people talk about doing it. Very few people do it. And so guys that listen, people that listen to your show on mine are the people who do it. Uh, but you probably find this in your business coaching as I do, that the very biggest re- um, resistance that I get to price increases is the owner more than it's the customer
0: hundred percent. It's all between our ears, right? right? Why is that though?
1: like, uh, just why do you think that is? I, you know what? I just, I wish I had a magic answer. And I think it's different for every, every business owner that I work with because we have to unpack that and figure it out. But what helps is something you already talked about is understanding your actual costs. What does it cost to flick on the lights on January 1st of this year? What did it already cost your business just to run? Well, you got to capture that back. You have to. Right. You have to know what your labor is. You have to know what your burden rate is. And a lot of people miss their burden rate. You yep. know, burden rate is the soft cost of hiring an employee. All of those things have to get factored in. And when you look at the number at the end of it, you're going to be scared yeah. and you're going to say, I can't afford to run this business. Except that, remember, somebody's just renting your business. As contractors, we rent our business to other people to solve their problems. Mm-hmm. Just tell them the number. If they can't hit that number, go find another customer. It is, I'm trying to hire contractors myself for a reno we're doing here. Okay. It is brutal. Yeah. You it's think brutal. guys First, you can coach? Yeah. Well, I don't <laughs> want to, right? Because yeah. I want them to do the work at my house. So yeah. they're good technicians, but not good business people. And I'll say that openly. I don't give them my book. I don't tell them about my podcast hmm. because it's already available. And if you just bothered to Google my name, you'd see it. Yeah. But do they do that? No. And no. they show up late and they make excuses and you know you can't stand for that except sometimes you have to you have to take a plumber that shows up when he wants because he's a good plumber Mm -hmm. but I don't want if I was a plumber I wouldn't be that guy at all I'd want to find the customer who had multiple rental properties who had multiple problems per month who knew they could get me who was on a preset schedule it's you and I are probably just agreeing with each other now but
0: no man for sure like I think if you are a great skilled plumber a great power washing technician or painter like go and be the yin to the yang, like find the entrepreneurial person who owns the business and is desperate for those great people and like plug in. I think, I think business ownership and home services is getting a bit redefined by way of people that have seen just how hard it is. Like, I'll tell you this, uh, Dom, my two managers in my home service business, both of them have went out back in the day and started their own business saw, holy crap, this is a lot of work. And now they're almost intrapreneurs in my company because they know how much stuff can go wrong, but they're on salary, some bonuses, and they're happy. So I think a lot of it is just learning, are you truly an entrepreneur? And I think these skills can be learned, but I don't think it's for everyone because you end up owning your business and then you also have
1: your job to do and it can be very stressful. Yeah, it it is stressful. Not everybody wants to be a business owner, but for those of us who do want to do it, there's just no other option. Mm-hmm. If you're, if you're a landscaping business right now, and for some reason the government said you can no longer be in landscaping, you would go, well, what am I going to do now? And you wouldn't go get another job. You'd say, well, I'm going to be an underground sprinkler guy. Like you just, you'd transfer to something else, but you probably wouldn't go get a job because there's yeah. a fire in you. That's always there. Yeah. Yeah.
0: hundred um, percent. So we kind of talked about pricing a little bit. I'm curious. I want to talk about people too after in a sec, but what do you feel is an acceptable profit margin, Dom? A lot of people are like, hey, I'm running this contracting business. Let's say I'm doing a million bucks. Uh, I've got a team of you know seven to 10 people. I wanna grow this thing. What do you feel is acceptable? Because we see you know, profit first, pay yourself first. Different industries will be different, but you've coached a ton of people. Do you have kind of a magic number of like, hey, if your business is hitting this, it will vary, but generally in this range is like a good, acceptable profit margin to make.
1: Yeah. So I, I'm, I'll, I'm happy to share the number and I'm happy to have resistance from people listening. Okay. Um, but then anybody who resists, you're it, totally within your rights to do that. But I'm going to ask you, don't just point at me, but look at your own numbers first and question it. Hmm. So I need you to be hitting 40% gross profit margin as a minimum. Go for 50 okay. if you can. Okay. Okay. And the reason that we need 40% gross profit margin is because we still have to subtract operating costs, which are going to be about 10 to 20%. Yeah. So yeah. that leaves you with 10 to 20%. Okay. Right. You have to, you have to be able to cover your own expenses. So if you're uh, disagreeing with me, if you're yelling at your phone right now, yelling at this podcast, it's okay. Yeah. I might be wrong, but go and show me your overheads and your cost of goods and then we can have the discussion. Yeah. Cause number <laughs> And you probably know this, David. Numbers are cold. Numbers Mm -hmm. don't care. But why is it the talking about numbers gets hot? It's a great question, man. Right? Like numbers are cold. Yeah, it gets emotional. Just, just go look at the numbers, and you'll see. I can't afford to mow that lady's lawn. I can't afford to clean that pool. No, I can clean that pool, but I can't afford to clean that pool. I've got to go find a different pool to clean. Lawn demo, Christmas lights to install, pest control. It doesn't matter. I've got to go find a different customer. That's why we go back to the beginning. You probably have a marketing problem.
0: Mm, wow. But I've always done Mrs. Smith's job for $30 to cut her grass. And again, you learn in business school, excuse me, what a sunk cost is. Just because we've always done something this way doesn't mean it's right today. And we almost, uh, Dom, you'll like this. We outlawed it at my company to say the words, we've always done it this way. You're not oh, allowed I love to say it. that. Yeah, that's, no, like, that's good. Yeah, It yeah. drives me crazy. Like, so what if that's always how it was done? Like today's given costs, we've all just lived, in, lived through a pandemic. Costs are crazy. If you're pricing the same
1: rates you were two, three years ago, you're crazy. Yeah you you just are. You know, so I don't know if you said Mrs. Smith or Mrs. Jones. Yeah. You can go back to her and say, "Look, you know, I, I've gone back and look at my costs. I simply can't mow your lawn for 30 bucks anymore." Um and she says, "Well, that's not reason. I'm going to go find somebody else." You say, "Well, thank you so much. Let me do it at least one more time for you. I apologize, but we do have to raise the rate." Mm-hmm. Um, but all the best and if you don't find anybody else, you know, let me know. But, you know, a lawn like yours now needs to be 65. Yeah. Okay. There's 12 other houses on her street. Just go talk to them. Mm-hmm. Cuz they're already paying 65 or 70. Yeah. Now there's lots of competition in that market for sure, but y- you have to find your perfect customer who wants you, who doesn't want the neighbor kid to do it, who can't find the time themselves, who, you know, there's a list of reasons. Yeah. I like mowing the lawn. I don't do it anymore. Yeah. I can't. Your wife won't let you. No, no, no. I won't let me. You won't. I love that. Talk about that. Well, there's a, you know, I talk about my revenue responsibility per hour, how much my company Needs me to be operating at the level that you and I and your podcast does for people, right? Anytime yeah. somebody's listening to David's podcast, you're operating at one of the highest levels of contribution to your company you are because you're in entrepreneur mode, mm-hmm. right? If you just, I'll use a round number because it's easy, but everybody can do their own math. Yeah. You talked about this on your last show when you talked about how many hours a year you work. Yep. It's about 2000 hours a year, just very rough. Yep. Now, a bunch of people are laughing because they're like, Dom, I work 60 mm-hmm. hours a week. That math yeah. doesn't work. But do your own math, right? Yeah. If, if you work 40 hours a week and you work 50 weeks a year because Christmas, Thanksgiving, sure. you know, vacation, but all this, just that's around 2000 hours. Yeah. Do your own math, right? And if you had a million dollar company, mm-hmm. now just divide the two. Mm-hmm. A million dollar company and I work 2000 hours. My revenue responsibility per hour is $500 per hour. Yeah. Now that doesn't mean that if I go mow Mrs. Jones' lawn, I charge her five hundred bucks. That's mm-hmm. not what it means. It means that overseeing the operations of my company, five hundred dollars has to move in and out per hour. That's mm-hmm. where my requirement is. So I need to find people who can mow the lawns or who can dispatch or fix the yep. equipment. We yep. keep using mowing the lawns, but home services, <laughs> garage sure. doors, and you know roof repair, all those things right. Um, uh, any 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 trade. So if I'm not operating at that highest level, I'm taking from the company. Wow. I'm taking from my own company. And yeah. it's even worse. What I'm doing, if I jump on the tools, is I'm not going in and getting new business or being more efficient at running my company so the people who work for me mm-hmm. can't rely on me to pay them their wages or salary so they can put Christmas gifts under their tree, so they can put turkeys on the table, so they can yeah. buy a travel trailer and go camping. They need me to be in future mode so they can operate today.
0: Yeah, that's so powerful, man. When you put it that way, I just feel like that mindset you just walked us through is in such the minority of our of our industry, because I think we're very like tangible type of people, the contractors, if like they've got to see it and feel it and touch it, they have a hard time, I think, putting their head in the future. And I've had to train myself with this, but. You know, I, I, the best way I say it is exactly what you said. Like you're doing a disservice to your team ultimately, um, because you know, if your dollar amounts 500 per hour and you're running into Sherwin Williams to go pick up another gallon of eggshell, man, we could get someone to do that for $35 an hour, depending where your market is. So it's just don't make that trade and don't give yourself a 90% discount on your time to jump in and be Superman. No. Go knock so- on the door. That's the thing, man. One handshake, you could land a deal. So it's like, yeah. it, it, it's so imperative and it's my greatest wish in our industry that mindsets of contractors start changing, that there's more respect coming into the trades as there are, but we first got to fix our our own dialogue inside our own head. And it's not an ego play that I'm worth this no, amount no, no, per
1: hour. No, no. It's no. just seeing the big picture of what you're building. Yeah. You know, they don't teach this stuff in school. Right, they just don't, because school is all about theory and life is just reality. I hate yeah. and I hate theory. Um, like you could probably hear the way I talk. Yeah. It's just very, just normal language, right? We yeah. could we could be having lunches out of lunch buckets, yeah, f- framing out. We're just talking normal, but um, they don't teach this stuff in school. Yeah, you have to go and learn it and understand through experience that the reality is you have to focus on what's most important for the future of the business. Yeah. And there is a line, you're no longer one of the employees. Like if you're still hanging out with your employees, you got to stop, hmm. right? Let's say on Fridays, you go for a beer payday Fridays. Y'all go for a beer at the local pub. That's great. Go there, have one small beer pay and leave while the boys are still there because you're not one of them anymore. Wow. You're not, if that's yeah. needs to be their time, you need to show up, do what you got to do, take care of a plate of wings and stuff. Yeah. and then say, thanks guys. Have a great night. I already took care of the bill and back right. away, but you should not be getting carried out by the guys or carrying one of them mm-hmm. out. That's their problem. Right. Yeah. Y- you talked a second ago about this being rare. Just think about how many people listen to your podcast or mine, like all ego aside.
0: Yeah.
1: It's not that it's not enough. Yeah, it's there not. are millions of business owners out there. Only thousands have opted in to listen to yours and mine. hmm and only a few are going to make the decision to take action on what we talk about today. Yeah. Okay. You're you're a rare if you're listening to this show. Hi, you're a very rare person. Yeah. Your friends look at you and think you're crazy. You've got a work ethic that's insane. You've built something out of nothing. And so mm-hmm. yeah, you're different. So it's time to think different, just like Dave's saying.
0: I love it, man. It reminds me going to the pub. I got cut out of our Christmas party. Um <laughs> we, we did an escape room. Then we did uh, a round of drinks with dinner, which was lots of fun, and then uh, then there was the after party across the street for karaoke. I said, "All right, guys, I'm out." I also had a, a pregnant wife, so I was like, "Look, I'm, you guys have fun, I'm out." But it's like, honestly, man, after after one beer, like it's that that's good, and I think having that clear line from from boss employer to like buddy, 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 and I've never really been that type to want to you know spend tons of social time but I think a little bit is good but there is a very clear line you
1: don't want to go past no I got I remember this is my first painting company when I was doing student painters mm-hmm. there was a really cute girl on my crew like mm-hmm. super cute and uh I was like no I can't you know I'm the boss I can't really yeah. do this like there's some sort of code of ethics of painters that I was going to break I don't know sure but anyways, I, I, you know, back on the job site on Monday morning, I'm talking to everybody and they were kind of talking in hushed tones, like around me. And I realized that she had hosted a party that I wasn't invited to wow. and all the crew had gone. And I just thought, yeah, I was right. Next. Yeah. Smart. And and that was just it. Like, I'm not going to be offended. They yeah. understood it. And I forgot.
0: Yeah.
1: Because at first I, you know, I felt this little heat go through me. Like, why didn't they invite me? I'm their boss. Like, and I was like, oh, <gasps> Yeah right? They get it. And I forgot. Wow. I love that. That's great. Um,
0: this transition, man, a little more time. This is so good. Um, I want to talk about our labor shortage. You see it in the guys you work with. I see it. Um, just talk us through that, man. We're at not to timestamp this, but we're midway through 2023 crazy world. We got all listeners here hiring kind of the keyword is technicians, whether you've got a paintbrush, pressure washing wand, whatever, Is a business show of contracting. So what do you see the future two years, four years, six years happening in our world of contracting as it pertains to labor, everybody's biggest cost
1: in their their P&L? Yeah. So we have the same problem that a lot of other places have. You know, I I haven't gone to check the numbers lately, but McDonald's is a 300% turnover every year. Wow. Right. So they have to become a very, very good training company. And then they've got their own recruiting team. We're we're going to be facing the same thing. You know, right now, schools are not pumping out kids saying, you should go in the trades. And if you go in the trades, you should be a pressure washer. They certainly don't do that. No offense to pressure washers or painters. They're just not, they're not giving the respect to the trade that they should. And and it's a great trade. It's flexibility. It's fun. You know, like I love it and you love it. We both do it or did it. Right. Um, But I have to get really clever about, about marketing my company. I've got to be looking everywhere. If I'm in a shoe store and the guy or gal gives is, is really good at customer service, mm-hmm. maybe that should be my next pool cleaning person or my next power washing person. Because who says they like that job anyway? Yeah. It's just a job to them. Mm-hmm. You know what a job, like I'm just annual yeah. penny old, right? Yeah. right? But then I've got to get really, really good at recruiting and go look in different places. And there's lots of different places. You know, the one that gets overlooked is one that we've started to use. And, and you know, your audience and mine are the same. They're all over North America. Mm-hmm. But you have to think just like I talked about with marketing. Where's your ideal employee? Mm-hmm. They're probably not looking on Indeed. Right? Yeah, Facebook, probably not. No, Facebook got rid of their, their job market. Yes. Although it's still possible to find on Facebook. And I'll tell you how in a second. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you've got to find some other places. So here's one. Go give it a try. And I want you to laugh at first. Sure. And then I want it to sit in your head and fester. And you go, you know what? I'm going to give that wacky idea a try. And then I'm going to laugh when it works. I'm ready so, for it. You ready? Go find a food truck that's parked. Now, you guys already know the end of this story. Go find a food truck that's parked near where your ideal employee's already working. Okay. So let's just say there's an industrial area close sure. to your where you, you're parked or your shop is, right? Yeah. Go to the, guy, that, the gal, guy or gal that runs that taco truck and say, I'd like to give you uh, 20 bucks a day to hand out our flyer with every meal. Wow. Brilliant. I'm not laughing, man. That's killer. It's killer. Are you kidding me? And yeah. you know what? It's smart. You're going to win every time when you're clever. Money does not solve problems. Clever solves problems. Nice. Be the entrepreneur, like be really creative and operate at your highest level.
0: Yeah.
1: Is that a $500 per hour idea?
0: hundred percent, 5,000,
1: maybe more, who knows? Right. But you have to think differently than everybody else, which is what got you in this mess in the first place. You're already an entrepreneur, a business owner. Mm-hmm. So get out there and think differently and act differently. Now, is it going to work every single time? No. But over the course of the week, the food truck guy is going to make, what, a hundred bucks. Yeah, You're going to hand out how many flyers and I'll bet you get a phone call. Yeah, I
0: love it, man. I would say, and the people we work with, I tell them you're about two to four hires away from drastically changing your business and life. And when I look at Mm. all the people I've hired, man, each year, I would say there's two to four people really in the organization where I'm like, you guys really make my world go round for me right now, home service. It's our service manager, Katrina. It's our operations manager, Steve. They run 95% of the day to day. They make the business go round on a more micro level. Like If you choose to have a carpet cleaning business, you're not going to get dollars unless carpets get clean. So why on God's earth would you nominate yourself to be that main person? So I think the biggest thing you can do is find a killer technician or even better, a team of technicians. Then you need a killer office manager. And then you're in a fun sales role where you can manage your crew. You've got mm-hmm. someone picking up the phone. And it's so linear in my head, but I also get lost that I've been doing this for 15 years. So it just seems so normal where others may be listening for the first time or like, that's a great idea, but I've never heard the food truck,
1: man. I love that. Yeah. And there's lots of those ideas. Go find them. Think Mm -hmm. differently. And there's nobody stopping you. Mm -hmm. Nobody is stopping you from recruiting in the most creative ways. Right. So uh, the immigrant market is big for all of us because there's people coming to the country. All you've got, let's say you're in Seattle listening to this show sure. uh, and I'll just pick Seattle. This works in any city. Go to a Facebook group and then in Seattle um, and Seattle for Brazilians, let's say Brazilian people moving to Seattle. You guys sure. already know where I'm going with this. Go yep. talk to the person running that page and say, can you please translate my job posting and post it to this job? And anybody that comes from you, I'll pay you a referral fee because these are great, hardworking people that probably have crazy skills and can't get a start. And so just use that Facebook group, find the Facebook group administrator, offer them the recruitment fee that you would pay to Indeed or something else. You have to pay. Yeah. You got to pay. Somehow you're going to pay in time or money, choose one, uh, and then see if that works. And you know what? It's going to work. Yeah. I love it, man. And like,
0: again, when you know your numbers for me, I know a solid technician for us once they're trained can make our business $150,000 per year. In my business, we run on a 25 to 30% net. So when you know those oh, numbers, wow, when you, washing is amazing. And Christmas lights, yeah. when you okay. know your numbers, you know, if I put in even two grand, let's say, and we go crazy and we pick up a few food trucks or we do a few Facebook groups, right? As Dom's saying, you know your numbers, I'm going to get 150 back, of which I'm going to make about 40 to 50 on the bottom line that two grand is nothing. And I'll tell you when your business, we now run year round with Christmas lights, when you can keep your service teams going 11 months of the year and you don't need to bring on a whole host of new people every year, you just start to
1: compound the business and that's when it gets a lot of fun. Yeah. You know, I I always bring it back to the simple things of time, team and money, Hmm. you know, and I do trainings on it too. Like as much as I can get the message, just like you, we got to get the message out. How, how can you manage your time better? How can you manage your team better? And how can you manage money better? And it it really comes down to a couple of simple things, but again, they don't teach it in school. Mm. They just don't. And first they don't know how. Yeah. They don't know how, because they're theorists teaching theory. You know, if, if school was the key, by the way, to success, Mm. then all the, the teach, well, what would you say? Professors would drive Porsche, drive Porsche. Right. Mm. Uh, Teachers would drive Tesla's maybe they do because the boxes come down, but you know what I mean? Like that's, The reality is you can go make your own world just by being a contractor. Mm -hmm. It comes with a price, but Mm -hmm. it comes with returns. 25, 30% net margin. That's fantastic. I know. You could never do that working for somebody else. No. You could never go in and say, I demand a $1,000 raise a week. You can't do that. But as a contractor, you just heard everything from Dave and I you need to do. Uh, Go to a better neighborhood. Mm -hmm. Price over my overheads and costs. Mm -hmm. uh, Find great people. Do great work. Yeah. All right. 100%. Got
0: everything I need. Yeah, I love it, man. Um, You've been, you're a seasoned entrepreneur, man. You've obviously done super well in your businesses. Can you just take the mic and give a few key pointers? Cause you've coached enough people. I'm sure you have like a one, two or three kind of like big overarching theme. So do you have anything in, in your tool belt where you're like, guys, before we hang up and say goodbye, these would be a couple key pieces of wisdom that I'd impart to you. Mm. I'm throwing you on the spot for that. No,
1: that's okay. I think the first thing is that if you've been listening to Dave's show and you're on the fence about talking to him about business coaching, call him now. Hmm. First, um, go find training. You know, I have a podcast. Podcasts are free training. Yep. I'm I'm older than you, I'm 54. 34. I'm probably, oh, I was gonna say on. I'm not legally allowed to ask your age, but but okay, 34, this didn't exist before. You had to pay to go to a seminar to see a guy like me talk on stage at the Trade and Convention Center. Yeah. Well, you don't have to now. If you've got a phone, you can download it. So take the free trainings that guys like you and I offer, go yeah. listen to the podcasts and just get in the groove. Get get around people like Dave and I. That's how you're going to change. And then the more you're around it, the more you're like it, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Then I Then I'm going to urge you to start really looking for mentors and reading books, hmm. right? So read some of the great books. You talked about Brian Tracy, who's my old business partner, right? Yeah. Read almost any of Brian's books and your thumbs up, yeah. right? Um, go read the E-Myth Revisited by Michael Gerber. Yeah. Great book. If you haven't read that, I'm surprised, but go buy that book or buy the audio. Yeah. Um, uh, Rich Dad, Poor Dad by nice. Robert Kiyosaki. Fantastic book. How to Win Friends and Influence People. The classics never go away. Everything else is just a rewrite of those. Yeah, it's and there's, true. And there's a bunch I'm not catching right now, but but do that. And then if somebody like Dave or I offers a training class or like a webinar, join it, join it. You could say no. If, Dave, Dave, if you join a training that Dave and I have, we're going to make an offer to work with us at the end. And guess what? You can say no. <laughs> Surprise. You can say no, yeah. but don't miss the training because you're worried about saying no. I'm not yeah. worried about getting a no. Are you worried about getting a no, Dave? Not at all, man.
0: I don't you care. Know? Get on the training. My mentor told me back in the day, we're student painting, we're door knocking. And I was very resistant on the door knocking actually, but he told me that NO just means next opportunity. I was like, it's like sounds corny, but when I knew that now in sales at the door, someone doesn't want to work with me, it's just like, it's like water off a duck's back. It's just funny how it changes your mindset. I'm curious though, man, you're big on on mentorship and 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 it might be easy to say oh you guys are both coaches but do you have like a dollar amount you've invested in your own learning have you ever taken the time well, to like i haven't done a total, that. total, total I mean, it up or even guesstimate do you have well, an annual amount or like a percent of anything or is it just like you don't really hesitate if it's going to build up dom's tool belt
1: really yeah. I, well, I'm looking, there has to be a return. I have to be able to get more out of it than I paid, but sure. no, you know, I've never done the math and you'd think I would, but mm. if, if I was going to work with a coach, uh, I don't, you know, first the coach has to be worth it. Sure. It's different. Cause I've taken courses that were five grand sure. and I've done coaching programs that were a hundred grand. Wow. Yeah. So it'd be but, a lot. It would be a lot, but guess what? It's up to me to get the value. I could take that. Let's say that that five thousand dollar course. I got it at a five hundred dollar discount. Sure. I bet you I won't take it seriously. Interesting. I yeah. bet you I won't. If I pay five grand and be like, oh Mormon, that better be good, man. And so yeah. I get on that call and I'm foaming. It. I'm like, yeah, what you got, right? Yeah. What do you got? Give me, give me the good stuff. And so guess yeah. what happens? I get more. Yeah, it's funny. Hey? Out of it. Yeah. yeah. If you meet a hot girl. Yeah. And she comes up and asks you out, don't you get a little freaked out? Sure. Yeah. You're like, uh, what is going on here? Yeah. Right. But if you have to work a little bit for it, it's yeah. more and you know, guy, girl, but it's a little more yeah. enjoyable. Like, right? yeah. Yep. And so th- the same thing, go, go invest in yourself, the inventory of your mind. Hmm. We don't, you know, we've got some inventory. We got pressure washers, we got ladders and stuff like that. But the inventory that you need to grow the business is the inventory of your mind, or I need the inventory of my mind. And I'll come back to what I said earlier. You're going to win by being smart, not by being wealthy because wealthy people are clever. They're smart. They mostly didn't get, you know, trust fund money. And if they did, it's gone soon. Yeah. Right. Cleverness will win the day. So go invest in yourself.
0: Yeah, man, because you win a lottery or a family inheritance with that comes the outcome, the money, but you're you're stripped bare of all the inputs. You didn't have to go through and learn all those skills. And that's why today, even my home service business, we got thousands of customers. We just turned seven years old. If that somehow went away, I still have all these skills right here, man. I would be a thriving, call it junk removal business in 18 months, I would say. something. It's right? just like- yeah because I now know the roadmap and I'll, I'll give a quick shout out actually to one of our coaches in the program, Jackson. He worked with me two years ago, Dom, you'll love this. Came in at about 400 grand and change. He, he doubled his business in one year, north of 900K. We put in an ops manager to run the business. He's now coaching with me and he's starting a floor coding company now that I predict in a year and a half will be a million dollar business because he has the skills and he's just like, I've now got the roadmap. Chunk and so chunk, chunk, chunk. you just yeah. stamp
1: it up. Yeah. It, but it, it sounds weird to people that are struggling right now doing 300,000 and working beyond the scope of human ability.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, mm-hmm. I, I remember my worst day. This is actually one of the turning points because I had a couple of turning points. I didn't, I didn't make a hard right turn. I made a couple of grudge because I'm not very yeah. smart. I was driving through an intersection out near UBC. Okay. And it was the worst day of my painting life. Like everything was going wrong. And at the, I just wanted to get hit by another car. Is that right? Is that bad? It it was so bad. It was so crushingly bad. And then I thought to myself, what are you doing, Rubino? Don't ever have a day like this again. And then this is just how I'm wired. And probably everybody else listening to the show a couple of blocks later, I'm like, okay, what are you going to do different? But I can't believe that I went through that intersection, hoping to get hit by another car, just to have an excuse to stop everything. I know sure. it sounds bad. I'm not that guy. Yeah. But yeah. I'm I'm being over, I'm being honest. It didn't just happen. I had to really work at it and fail a lot. Yeah. And then and now I know how, but I I had to go down that path and seek it, right?
0: Yeah. No man, and I think that makes you an effective coach though that it's not always sunshine and rainbows like you've been to your lowest point. So your group turns up on a coaching call and some people are having a really tough time. You, you, you still probably remember that feeling man of where you were at, which is crazy. Um, And you can coach that place into (laughs) a,
1: into the brighter future, which is amazing. Yeah. That's why I train people on time, team and money. Yeah. You know, I do a webinar on it. I, 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 you know, I've written a book construction millionaire secrets. Like it's all out there. Yeah. But, but you, sometimes you need to have somebody standing beside you holding up a mirror of accountability, just saying, Hey, let's remember how you wanted to do this. Let's do that. Let's yeah. take this step today. It seems yeah. so hard to do Dom. I know it seems hard to do, but you know, what's easy is just doing the first thing. Let's just do yeah. the first thing. And then the second thing happens. And the third thing, and then before you know it, you're on the path. It's the same as your, your friend that had the, um, yeah. uh, the, the floor coatings company.
0: Yep. hundred percent. So
1: anybody listening to this show right now is already on the path they're on the wide path. They've just got to get on the narrow, like they're just continuing to move forward and that's what you're looking for.
0: Yeah, I love it, man. Well, we're at time. And if listeners have listened this far, exactly what you said, man, they're committed to their own growth. They're learning their development. They binge through my show. Tell us about your book, your show, your training. Just take the mic. If someone's like, this Dom guy seems like he's not full of crap. I want to learn more. Tell us a little bit where we could take next steps and go a bit deeper with
1: what you're offering. Yeah. Well, if they listen to my show, they'll know I'm full of crap because I tell dad jokes on my show. As okay. There, I, do. I do. I you do. You open up your shows that way, right? <laughs> uh, I kind of, I've moved it around lately. some from, from some feedback that I got, but yeah, I have dad jokes in there, but I really like them and, and uh, I get feedback that people like them. Anyways, I've got two shows. One's called profit tool belt. Okay. You know, it's just sounds as it is, and you can get it on YouTube or, or um, as a, as a podcast and the other one's very specific. So I don't know if any of your listeners would care about this one. Well, maybe some it. of the closet guys it's called okay. cabinet maker profit system
0: okay
1: yeah and, it's, and guys and gals what I talk about there is just the business of the contracting business
0: hmm.
1: nice. that's it the business of the contracting business so listen to those shows you know they're obviously they're just like yours they're free to listen to and it's all I always concentrate on how to be a business person who just happens to be a contractor hmm. instead of a contractor with a crew Nice. And you, if you let that one roll around in your head for a bit, it'll make sense. Do I want to be a business person who just happens to be a contractor, or am I happy being a contractor with a couple of crews, always chasing things? Mm-hmm. Um, I mentioned the Time Team and Money training. If anybody wants to take it, you know we have a waiting list now because we don't run it all the time. But they can text. Can I say my cell phone? Oh, yeah, go here? go ahead. Yeah. yeah. So just text me and say Time Team and Money, and then they can join the uh, the waiting list. And it's uh, my cell is three one five. 903-7853. So just okay. say time team and money text me. It's pretty simple. Cool. 315-903-7853. Cool. Cool.
0: Yeah. No yeah. man, that's awesome. And then uh mention your book as well cuz oh. I'd love to hear that.
1: Yeah, it's called Construction Millionaire Secrets. Cool. Cool. Yeah, and so there's there's 20 simple secrets. I really focus on keeping things dead simple. Um and you can get it on Amazon. I don't even know what it's for on Amazon. It's not it's just meant to be there so people can access it. Right. Cool. Uh, Yeah. But there's, there's a lot of ways to consume my material. And I love what I do. Remember I'm, I've been, I was trained as a business coach, which is how I got out of contracting. Mm -hmm. Right. I started down the path that everybody here listening is on. And then I got back into contracting by deciding to serve the construction and contracting community. And I love it. I
0: love it. I'm the happiest guy in the world. You're 54. I'm guessing you don't have plans of retirement because it sounds. I can just tell your passion radiating. You're not going to turn 65 no. and
1: move to Hawaii and play golf. Maybe a little bit. No. But keep working. No, no, I'm not doing it. And, and my wife and I have conversations about that. She's like, are you going to retire? I'm like, no, I'll just yeah. fall over dead. But I love what I'm doing. Yeah, I, I, I truly love what I'm doing. So as long as I'm healthy and and doing, yeah, you'll, yeah, you'll see me out there.
0: It's amazing, man. Well, Dom, we'll let you run, man. Appreciate you, what you're doing for our industry. Uh, guys, go ahead, check Don's podcast out, uh, Profit belt, as he said, the training, his book, all the good stuff. We will get everything linked up in the show notes. So if you're on your iPhone, just scroll down and you can hit it with your thumb and go check out what he's got going on. So Dom, appreciate you and your time, my man.
1: Thank you, great to be here. Thank you for listening to the episode today. If you want to get even more value from David, then book your free coaching call at homeservicebusinesscoach.com.